Hey, what's up, folks? Thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we might keep God's law and we might observe it with our whole hearts. Psalm 119, verse 34. This is another episode in the series that I do about once a month that I title Newsprint. The title is Newsprint, Adam and Eve, Male and Female. Newsprint is a series of episodes that I do about once a month where I take an article that was written in years past by faithful gospel preacher J.K. Gossett, also known as Kenneth Gossett, who labored here at the Washington Avenue Congregation in Jonesboro for a number of years, some 36 years, and I read it and I add my thoughts to it. And I do this to recirculate this good material so that people can hear the Bible truths that he wrote about many years ago and benefited Northeast Arkansas and other areas. And I intend to keep that, um, uh, that effort, that energy, if you will, alive and keep it going by including this in the Aaron J. Dodson podcast, which is a work of the Washington Avenue Church of Christ. If you're in our area... In Jonesboro or in Northeast Arkansas, we invite you to come and visit us at the Washington Avenue Church of Christ. We have services at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and 5 p.m. on Sundays, and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now to the subject, newsprint, Adam and Eve, male and female. Again, I'll be reading an article written by our brother Kenneth Gossett, and then I will be uh, adding my thoughts and scriptures to it as well. He has plenty of scriptures, but I add my own thoughts to it and, and make it my own, if you will. In the beginning, God created a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, male and female. Each complemented the other, um, and the interest of one was the interest of both. Their differences made the other complete. Each was given certain roles and obligations, and these remain until this day. Adam was not to act the part of a woman, and Eve was not to act like a man. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth. Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28. The Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. When Eve was presented to Adam, he... Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Genesis two twenty three and 24. Jesus endorsed the Genesis account of creation when he was asked, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? His reply was, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And the two, the twain, shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more 
twain, two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Let not man separate. Uh, Matthew 19, 3 through 6. The sanctity of this relationship is protected by New Testament teaching. That's not just something that God said at the beginning. He continued to say it through His Son. Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. Finally, the only God-approved relationship between two humans in which they become one flesh is marriage. Same-sex marriage, however, is a misnomer, and sex outside marriage is fornication. Romans 1, verses 21 through 29. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Hebrews 13, 4. So this article, that's the end of the article. The article is very clear, very straightforward, because it reflects God's Word. God's Word is very straightforward and very clear about this matter. In the beginning of time, God made a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, male and female. Now we deal in our time, more than ever, probably, transgenderism. But I want to talk for just a few moments about the errors of errors of that. But before I do, I want to, again, reiterate some of the points that Kenneth made in this article. From Genesis 1, he emphasized that God created mankind in his own image. He made them male and female, and he performed the first wedding ceremony and said, For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So, And Jesus, the Son of God, the master teacher who has all authority, he endorsed the Genesis account of creation. When he asked the question, is it lawful? When he was asked, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every reason? And he said, no. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And for that reason, shall a, should a man, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh? And Jesus says, look, here's how serious marriage is in the eyes of God. Whoever divorces his wife puts away his wife, except it be for fornication. And I'm going to be explicit and pedantic for a reason. We cannot miss what the word fornication means. The word fornication is used uh, in Scripture, means physical, sexual activity outside the, the bond of marriage. So if a married man has physical sexual relations, which would include at least one sexual organ, with someone besides his wife, then that man has committed fornication. And the same is true of the other gender. A woman who is married but has sexual relations with another man that's not her husband. The same concept is true of those who are not married. Sex outside marriage, it's fornication. It's committing sexual acts with someone with whom you have no right to commit sexual acts. Not in the eyes of God. Not according to the law of God. 
The same is true of same-sex marriage, homosexual behavior. It's called, in Jude verse 6, fornication. It is unauthorized by God. That behavior is wrong in the sight of God. It's clear. It's straightforward. I don't have to go to an Old Testament passage. I won't go to an Old Testament passage. I don't live by the Old Testament. People are not amenable to the Old Covenant today. People are amenable to the law of Christ today. The law of Christ clearly says that fornication is sexual activity, and that would necessitate at least one sexual organ between two people that don't have the right to be married. Whether neither of them are married or one of them is married to someone else and both of them are married to someone else besides each other, that kind of thing. Only in marriage, a God-ordained marriage, where a man and a woman have the right to be together in the eyes of God, can those two people have sexual relations and be right in the eyes of God? Because marriage is honorable among all, and the bed is to be undefiled. Whoremongers and adulterers God would judge, Hebrews 13.4. Now back to this matter of transgenderism. Because in our time, someone may hear this and say, yeah, but there's transgenders. There are people that are uh, not male or female. There's something else. The truth is, you are either male or female. It's a logical absurdity to argue transgenderism. It argues from the absurd premise that is a violation of the logical law of the excluded middle. You can't be both. You can't be born a man, but yet you're a woman. You can't be born a woman, but yet you're a man. There never will exist anything that is both male and female. You ever heard of a hermaphrodite? I'm sure you have. A an hermaphrodite is a biological deviation. It deviates from the norm. That is not transgenderism. Transgenderism is an ideology and not an ontological classification. We must not give in to this mental illness. Suppose I were to say, you know, I built this house out of straw, but I say it is now wood because that's what I want it to be. Well, no matter what you want it to be, it's still made out of straw. Truth is, you can act, but you're never becoming. A human being can only function within one's code. Mark that down. That is ungetoverable. Transgenderism is an ideology and not an ontological classification. All right. It's not a biological deviation. That's a hermaphrodite. 
Transgenderism is an ideology. It's not an ontological classification. And furthermore, as I said already, transgenderism is a logical absurdity. You can't be both. There never will exist anything that is both. That is a logical absurdity. It violates the law of the excluded middle. Back to what we've already considered. God made male and female. God is sovereign of heaven and earth. And he knows all things. He made male and female. He didn't didn't make a hermaphrodite. He he didn't make a person to practice homosexuality. He, He made a male and a female. He didn't make someone that's both male and female, that's transgender, He made a male and a female. And he performed the first wedding ceremony. He brought them together. And Jesus endorsed that idea. He furthered that idea, if you will. He he preached the same truth, is what I'm trying to say. He preached the same truth that was given in the beginning of time regarding male and female. Is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Jesus said, Have you not read in the scriptures that God made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And then he further said, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for fornication and marries another commits adultery. The idea is present tense, committing adultery. And whoever marries her is so put away, commits adultery. Jesus has clear rules for husbands and wives, for male and female. He made a male and a female. He brought them together. He said it in the beginning. He continued it through his son. He continued the same truths through the apostles and prophets and what they preached and what they taught, including the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 29. And let me go there and read that before I close this episode. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 29, starting back in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, who suppress, that is, they hold down the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest or evident among them or in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and divine nature, his Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify God, him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their minds, excuse me, their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Paul, how'd they do that? Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. What did that look like? For even their women, females, exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. 
Likewise, also the men, the males, leaving the natural use of the females, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. I'll just pause there. Folks, The New Testament, the gospel of Christ is clear. Jesus was clear. The apostles were clear. The prophets of the New Testament were clear. If you believe that the gospel of Christ, the 27 canonical books are the, are the word of God, then you are required to follow it <laughs> because that follows. If it's the word of God, then it's, we are amenable to it. If you profess to be a Christian, if you profess to believe that the gospel is the word of the living God, the power of God to salvation, Romans 1.16, you can't say then, I can be a Christian and practice homosexuality. You can't be a Christian and say, I, I practice sex before marriage. You can't say, well, I'm a Christian and I practice um, fornication uh, while I'm married to my wife. No, no. Those things are sinful. To practice those behaviors are sinful. Now, it's not sinful to be tempted. All are tempted. Jesus was tempted in all points like we are, yet was without sin, Hebrews 4.15, but he didn't sin. So it's not wrong to be tempted to act in a way that's against God's will. That's not your fault. Temptations happen. You are not immoral because you're tempted. That, that's my point. Folks, if we're purposely putting ourselves in front of temptation, yeah, I, I believe God will hold us accountable for that. But it, is not, it does not make you an immoral person that you are tempted. All people have desires. Jesus had them, but he denied them. He answered the temptations with, it is written, James 1, 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That means Jesus had desires and he was enticed because he was a man. He had the opportunity to fulfill those desires, but he didn't. James continues, he says, then when desire has conceived, you see, that's an action. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. So it, you are not an immoral person if you are tempted to commit sexual sins. What matters is what you do with that temptation. It matters what we do with the temptations. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, James chapter 4 teaches there's a way of escape that we are to submit to God, we're to resist the devil, he'll flee from us, humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. You see, if we submit to God, if we arrange ourselves under what God says and obey God and resist the devil, the devil will flee from us and we can be pure and forgiven in the sight of God. The good news of the gospel is this, when we have sinned, there is a remedy. If you're listening to this and you have not obeyed the gospel of Christ, 
If you have not died to sin and repentance, changing your heart about sin and about God, if you have not confessed Christ as Lord, that's 2 Peter 3, 9 and Romans 10, 10. If you have not by faith been baptized into Christ to have your sins washed away, Acts twenty two sixteen. I would love to assist you. If you're in northeast Arkansas, if you're in Jonesboro area, I think I can make it happen. We can make it happen. Reach out to me. If you're somewhere else in another area, I'll try to find someone in that area that can assist you. I'll do my best. Likely you're listening to this and you're already a member of the church that belongs to Christ. If you have sinned in one of these areas, know this, that through repentance and confession of your sin, God continues to graciously extend His forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 and following. That doesn't mean I get to keep participating in sin. I must put that sin away. If that sin is an unscriptural, ungodly marriage, I'm to put it away. Otherwise, I am committing adultery, Matthew 19, 9. If it's a behavior that I'm committing, I'm not married, but I'm committing fornication, I must cease. I must stop. If you are a man and you are acting, you, you, your temptation is, 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 is for other men. If you are acting on that and practicing homosexuality, you have violated the will of God. But there's forgiveness for you. If you've not obeyed the gospel, you need to get into Christ. If you are in Christ, but you've committed such a sin, cease. Put preventions and blockers and protections in your life so that you will not come back to those sins, that you will not practice those sins. God is gracious. God is forgiving. This has been a special episode, the once a month newsprint episode, where I read an article that J.K. Gossett wrote in years past, Faithful Gospel Preacher, that he wrote for newspaper articles in Northeast Arkansas and perhaps other places that I want to keep in circulation by way of my audio podcast. The title is Adam and Eve, Male and Female. And know this, what we think and how we behave matters to God. And we want to give our hearts and our lives and our bodies to the Lord Jesus Christ and to His holy and divine word and live by His holy and divine word. If you have Bible questions, you can find me on social media. I'll be happy to try to answer those. If you have a specific question you'd like for me to answer in a podcast form, you can reach out and message me and let me know. I won't even mention your name. I'll keep your name anonymous, and I'll use it. Uh, use your subject or question as a podcast episode because probably others are asking the same question. Thanks for listening. You want to do me a favor? Share this with others. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.